Hey everybody, this is Hunter Williams. Today's going to be episode 177 of the NeuroEdge podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. <clears throat> the name of today's podcast is Mimetic Desire Theory. Now that sounds like a mouthful and you probably are already thinking, oh, this is going to be boring. I'm going to turn this off right now, but give me just a few minutes and I promise it will be worth your while because this is actually something that is very applicable to how we... <clears throat> excuse me, how we live life today and how we apply the model and framework for what we want to achieve out of life and what we spend our time doing. And I think that's one of the most important things that we can do is decide how to spend our time. And it's a lot of times we get so caught up in the day to day, we don't actually think about how we're spending our time, but it's very important that we step away and understand how we're spending our time because that's going to lead us to the results we get in life. And we have to understand what results we want to actually get out of life instead of falling into the trap of this mimetic desire theory, which is the idea that basically your desires are created by mirroring what everyone else does. So that's mimetic desire theory in a nutshell. We're going to jump into kind of the nuts and bolts of this and why it matters in today's world, even more so, more so now than ever. And I'm going to talk about, this is something that a lot of like academics will talk about, but I'm going to talk about why it just matters to the average person and how we can avoid falling into this trap because it's a trap I know I have been in in my own life and you probably have as well, and you might not even know it. And it could be causing you some underlying and subconscious anxiety, frustration, worry, fear, all those things that we want to mitigate and minimize as part of our human experience, even though they are a necessary part of it, we want to learn to control them. That's part of our growth as a human here on this planet is being able to control our emotions, learn how to deal with the world and learn and grow through our journey. That being said, as always, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in today to make yourself better and become the best version of yourself. As always, I would just say, if you get any sort of resonance out of these videos, like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. I only want you to subscribe if you actually enjoy watching these videos. I would much rather have a smaller, engaged audience of subscribers than a huge audience. And I don't think really a lot of people would be able to handle the concepts that I talk about. So if you are watching this, you are most likely in the 1%. <clears throat> I'll just go ahead, go ahead and say it. you're definitely in the 1% of people that are inclined to listen to a lot of these concepts and how they can apply to the abstract world and how we can use them to make our life better. And again, this is me just taking a lot of stuff I learned from other mentors, books, different things that I have learned in my own life, my own journey. So again, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys out there and uh, let me know what your thoughts are about the topic today. So mimetic desire theory, what I'm going to do first is just read you real quick how this came about. It's obviously something that has existed for probably about as long as we've been humans, but I want to explain how this kind of arose into a modern framework. So basically, mimetic desire is desire according to another or desire according to a model. And this was coined by a guy named Rene Girard, who lived in France. And uh, during, during his, so this is kind of a backstory on this guy who would go on to develop uh, much more uh, thought out philosophy on this, but I uh, just want to read you a quick story about his backstory. So during his university studies in France, he fell in love. And after a short and intense period of fortune, he settled down into a stable relationship with his girlfriend. 
Then things changed. His girlfriend asked him if he wanted to get married. And then right away, he experienced a decrease in desire. He quickly backed off, backed off, but it wasn't long before he ended the relationship. She went her own way and began dating other men. Then suddenly he was drawn back to her again. So he noticed something that he found curious and troubling. The more she denied herself to him, the more he wanted her. This is obviously kind of something that we all fall into. We only want something if we can't have it. But this, this is more kind of the formation of this theory. So bear with me here. It was as if her desire for him somehow affected his desire for her. And he said, I suddenly realized that she was both the object and the mediator for me, some kind of model. He became reattracted to her, not because he suddenly saw some new quality in her that he hadn't seen before. He became reattracted to her because she denied herself to him. So she was modeling to him what he should want. And so years go by in his life, and Gerard wouldn't fully grasp what was happening until many years later when he saw the same dynamic playing out through human history and in current events. And so basically what he did is he worked on this theory, and it became known as what is called mimetic desire theory. And... It basically is just the idea that we want things based on what we see other people want or don't want. And the example this article uses from memetictheory.com, it says Apple's iconic 1984 commercial doesn't tout the technical merits of the new Apple computer. It shows a beautiful blonde athlete throwing a sledgehammer through the face of a man representing conformity or big brother. The woman in the commercial is a model. She makes it more likely that viewers will now want to battle conformity too. And so a lot of the advertising that you see in the world today is driven by companies creating a model for your desire. So not only, I mean, it, in a certain essence, they are tugging on your heartstrings, but they're going one level deeper and actually creating a model for you to say, look, this person really wants this. And they're giving you this impression that you can impress upon your own desires and think that I am similar to that person. Therefore, I am going to want the same thing for that person. And a couple of other examples of this that this article uses. Let's see here. So this one says, Tim, a university freshman, chooses a major in accounting because his friend, who seems like he has it all together, wants to be an accounting major. When he realizes later in life that he's miserable doing other people's taxes, Long after his model is gone, the mimetic nature of desire to be an accounting major is revealed. And how many times does that happen to people? How many times do people go to college and say, I want to be a doctor because their parents were a doctor or their parents told them that they need to be a doctor. Therefore, they created the desire with themselves based on what someone had as a desire for them. We've all done that. I know I've done that in my life. And it may not even be something that our parents did. Maybe it's something that our friend did and we saw and we saw that, okay, they want this thing. Therefore, I'm going to want this thing. And the key point of all this, kind of like, like I talk about all the time, once you see this within yourself, you can recognize it and understand, oh, I want that specific car because someone else has that car and I want the same thing that that person has because I am mirroring what they have for their life. And I think by mirroring that, I will get the same result in my life. <clears throat> and maybe that's actually what you want. But I will challenge you today with this. Ask yourself what you really want in life. And we'll just use the example of the sports car, because that's what I just said. Do you really want a sports car? If there were no other people around, would you enjoy having a sports car for the nature of that sports car. It's fast, it's sleek, 
It's really cool. You love the engine. You love going fast in it. If nobody knew that you had it, if you went to a third world country, nobody knew who you are, you didn't have any social clout or anything for having that, would you still want it? Maybe the answer is yes, and that's good. And that's actually what we're trying to get at here is that you should desire what you want for your life. And a lot of times, especially now in the age of social media, because this exacerbates this problem, we create and do things and desire things in our own life based on what we see other people doing without ever asking ourselves, what do I want for my life? What do I want to get out of my life? And what actions am I going to take to get there? That's something that is a continuous journey. I don't think it's ever we get to one destination there and we evolve and grow throughout life and different times of life, there's different things. But I will say this, there have likely been countless numbers of people that have woken up when they're 30, 40, 50, even 60 years old and thought, what the heck was I just doing for the last part of my life? I didn't want to be like that example I shared, an accountant. I didn't want to be a doctor. I'm not just using these things. Some people are meant to be these things and they're great at them. But just put in your own whatever you're doing that you may feel called not to do and substitute that. You have to determine what you want to get out of your life. And part of doing that is removing this mimetic theory of where we impress upon what our parents, our friends, our colleagues, coworkers, and everybody else has as a desire for us. And then that becomes what we want out of our, our life. And before we know it, we're doing all this stuff, we're working really hard, and we're achieving a result that we don't even want. How sad of a life is that if we work on something the whole time that we realize we didn't even want in the first place, and we only wanted it because we saw other people either want that for us or want that for themselves, and we tried to model what they were doing. <clears throat> now, the problem is 90% of people probably, or even more, are doing this. So we're all kind of mirroring each other's desires, which creates this echo chamber, so to speak, where everybody wants the same thing. And it's very easy for savvy companies, savvy movements, whatever you name it, anybody that is trying to control your attention and get you to behave in a certain way and trying to influence your behavior, they understand this. And so they prey upon your base emotions and your base instincts and primal desires to try and get you to shift your desire to what it is they want for you. So just as the example of the uh, student, think about a car company selling a nice car. They always have beautiful women next to the car. Therefore, kind of the classic thing is if I get this car, I will get beautiful women. Maybe that's not what you even want. I think it's a lot of guys, they would say, yeah, sure, that's what I want. But is it really? Is it really what you want? Or do you want a deeper relationship with someone that you can enjoy and spend your life with and have a meaningful impact on the world with. Does that car necessarily get you that? Maybe, maybe it does, but I want you to actually think about that and think about these things in your life that drive you to do what you do and you might not even be wanting to do them. So if you get anything out of this today, as we head into the Christmas season, and hopefully you get a little bit more time to reflect and think about what you're doing, what you've done this past year, what you hope to do into the next year. Think about what you actually want out of your own life. And I truly believe God created desire within us to help us drive and achieve things <clears throat> because otherwise, if we didn't have that desire, we'd probably just want to be blobs all day. And I think the people that rule the world would, would prefer that a lot of the times. But <clears throat> that being said, 
really try to think, what do I want to get out of my life? Not what do other people want for me? Not what do my parents want to me? Not what do my friends want for me? Not what do marketing companies that are trying to sell, sell something tell me that I should want? What do I actually want to get out of my life? And that's something I'm challenging myself in my personal life and my business life as well. It's important to kind of evaluate this through both of those lenses and other areas of your life as well. But I would challenge you that hopefully you have more time to think over the holidays and maybe you're listening to this 10 years from now in the future. That would be crazy if someone is. If you are, let me know if I'm still around. But uh, that being said, I appreciate everyone listening. Ask yourself, what do I want to get out of my life? Not what do other people or other entities or institutions want to get out of me and really focus on that. Think about it, dwell on it, meditate on it, pray on it, and then move forward and choose to do actions in your life that will actually lead you to what you want to do because no one else lives your experience, only you do. So that's all I got to to, for today, guys. Let me know what you think. If you disagree, agree, have questions, anything like that, I'd be more than happy. I'd love to do a QA and a episode at some point uh, for the people that listen. They just drop a bunch of questions. We do those and run through them. So anyway, that's all I got for today, guys. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. I'll probably do another episode before Christmas, but uh, if I don't hear from you before then, hope everybody is doing well, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you.